Hello, this is Eric Schultz for Jersey Arts the Podcast. I am pleased to welcome conductor Jed Galen, who's joining us by telephone from his home in Baltimore. Jed is the music director of the Bay Atlantic Symphony, which has its home base in southern New Jersey. It is an orchestra on the rise. I had a chance to sit in with the cello section of the orchestra for one of their summer concerts last year. There were no empty seats in the hall, and there was some very special music making. Jed, welcome. Oh, Eric, it's great to be here. Thanks so much. Uh, Jed, you've given a lot of thought to how orchestras and classical musicians operate and function in their communities. Give me a sense of how you've applied these ideas to the Bay Atlantic Symphony. Well, I, I love this topic. And so the first thing I think that, that has to start in order for, for an orchestra to really make a strong impact in this community is for it to play with a high level of artistry. And that does, doesn't mean just technical proficiency. Obviously, I've, this is my 15th season at the Bay Atlantic. So uh, over the years, we've worked very hard to really, uh, really, I think it's an outstanding ensemble. And, um, and, uh, and our audiences are delighted with it. But in addition to that, there's a sort of esprit de corps that we have, we have really fostered over the years, not just amongst the musicians, um, but, but between what's happening on stage and the audience. And that, to me, is the starting point. And from there, um, what we have done is looked very hard at our communities and listened very, very much to what their needs are. We, we've tried to identify barriers to people attending concerts whether it was uh, changing the start time of, of concerts to accommodate the people who didn't want to drive in the dark, to, um, to playing in different venues, um, to, uh, to getting into the schools, uh, to, to tra- transportation, any of these barriers that we have noticed have gotten in the way uh, for orchestra concerts, and we have uh, systematically tried to go about removing them. But beyond that, I, I really think it has a lot to do with um, the absolute fundamental belief that we have that music is not a, you know, people often say, well, it's so important for the quality of life. And my point is, it's, it, it's not the quality of life, it is life. You know, this is what life is about. This is not the cherry on the Sunday. This is the Sunday. We, we have uh, Paul Summers, who is a, he was a critic for the Star Ledger for years. Um, he's a composer. Uh, he's, a, he's a harpsichordist. He has uh, he leads fantastic adult education concerts throughout our region, and people love them. They come to to his um, I think I said adult education concerts, their adult education lectures. Uh, so he'll discuss anything from what we're playing at the symphony to um, to topics that are are fed by his audience. He has extraordinarily interesting and, and varied topics, like um, one between uh, Tchaikovsky and Brahms, you know, and why they were enemies, you know, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, just, just a very, very human approach to to what goes into music. Uh, Jed, you yeah. uh, you mentioned uh, the variety of venues as well, and I noticed that the casino in Atlantic City is one. How in the world did that happen? Well, it's very unusual know, for an orchestra. It, it is unusual for an orchestra. We have a a wonderful board, a very engaged board, and um, so this was a combination really of uh, for years my hoping that we would be able to be more involved in Atlantic City. And we have done things over the years in Atlantic City. We, we played in 2000. We played in the Miss America Walker with fireworks and so on. But um, this was a concerted effort on, the, on our staff's part and our board's part. And, um, and they loved the idea that we pitched. We, this is now we're going to our, our fourth year with them. 
And these have been extraordinarily successful concerts. Every, every September we launch with a big pop scala. And it's a fun way to celebrate. You know, we're just coming off of a fantastic summer in Avalon um, where we have, you know, full houses of 650 people, you know, absolutely as many as, as the fire marshal will, will allow us. That's what we get in there. Um, and we're playing all classical music there. And then we, we turn around and we sort of celebrate the end of the summer and launching our season with the pop scale and the Borgata. The Borgata is a wonderful place to go. Uh, the Music Box Theater, they, they treat us wonderfully. The, the audience loves it. The orchestra loves it. And we do really fun shows. This year what we have a, a, a Motown tribute, Motown's Greatest Hits. I hear a symphony, we're calling it. So um, Avalon in the summer. Before that, we do Cape May is the late spring. And then we play at Stockton and Cumberland Colleges, and um, as well as in area churches. Uh, Stockton has been a tremendous partner um, over the years, and uh, we are also expecting to have a greater presence there this year on campus. Uh, we've been talking to them about, about doing some more performances and getting more involved with uh, some educational projects there. So um, this all has to do with, I think, the idea that, that great music, that this is really what makes life great. And, and I think that this mirrors you know, the fact that I believe a conductor's job is to be a communicator. And first and foremost, to communicate with the orchestra on stage. And um, we really work so that even on limited rehearsal, they can understand what it is that I'm looking to put together on the big picture. I try to give the, the orchestra musicians big space to, to have their own individuality when they play. But the idea is that this isn't just about putting together a piece of music. It's about really telling a story without words of some sort over the course of an evening. Jed, let's let's listen to a couple of uh, recent uh, live recordings. You sent me two. Right. The first is an excerpt from Ravel's Mother Goose. Right. Why it's... this selection? Why did you choose this? You know, um, I I adore this 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 final final piece from the the Mother Goose uh, Suite. Um, it's an incredible piece of music, these five so-called pieces for children, as he called them. But they're really not. They're really, really, they can be enjoyed by children, but they really are an adult look back in childhood. It's heavenly. It's absolutely divine, gorgeous music. We'll send an excerpt from the Beethoven Symphony Number no. Three. That's quite a contrast. Well, you know, I, I thought it would be, be good to have, and, and these two. This, this is from our last subscription concert. Um, uh, it's sometimes hard for me to, to when somebody says, "Well, what would you like to send?" I, I, you know, the, the last thing I did is kind of where my head is, or the next thing I'm about to do. But I can't send you a clip of, of what I'm about to do. Um, the Eroica has, has 
finale is so rousing, um, and uh, it really is what I think you know the best of humanism is about in music. Um, this this finale is a, a, a kind of a, a fantastic set of, of theme and variations, but but so strange because it starts off with a thunderbolt, and then we have this bare bones theme. There's really nothing of a theme at all. It's just a sort of skeletal bass underpinning. And he varies that, and finally, after several variations, we get this incredible tune that he'd actually written before for his ballet, The Creatures of Prometheus. And so I think Prometheus was, in a way, the other sort of figure that the Roica Symphony is about. It, we all know the story that Napoleon, it was dedicated to Napoleon, and Beethoven got furious when Napoleon crowned himself emperor and ripped up that dedication. But Prometheus brought fire from the gods, and so this is a very enlightenment kind of you know, post-Gutenberg idea of just of spreading knowledge, fire, and 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 in, in Beethoven's mythology, this fire was right. It was it was actually animating humanity, which was, up until that point was clay figures. So this is, I think, really how Beethoven saw himself and how he saw uh, music. And uh, this final chorale that we have. Uh, is so stirring and brings forth many of the musical ideas that have happened throughout the symphony, but in the sense of, of really calling humanity to its highest, most loftiest goals. And where did this performance happen? This performance was at Rowan University. Um, the Ravel we heard was at Stockton College, and this one was at Rowan University this past May. quite a variety of music coming up in the, in the upcoming season, and we can't cover it all. But I noticed in particular you're playing a work by George Walker. Mm. He is an interesting figure in American music, and I thought I noticed that you share a connection with him and Oberlin College. Well, that's right. Uh, George Walker uh, was you know, at Oberlin, um, of course, a prominent African-American composer, and we're playing his lyric uh, for strings, which is one of his most famous pieces. Um, and in fact, um, George Walker's sister, I believe, it is uh, taught piano at Oberlin when I was there. So, you know, this was uh, really uh, a, a nice, nice connection. And this is the first time I'll have done the lyrics, so I'm very eager to do it. And uh, I could be wrong about this, Eric, but I also believe that George Walker is a New Jersey composer. Ah, I think he went to Curtis, I read, and that he lived in this area for uh, much of his life. Well, in any case, he's a wonderful composer, and we're, oh. we're thrilled to put him on, and I love the Oberlin, Oberlin connection. We're also doing, um, I, I mean, it's, it's a hugely varied season. 
you know, we start off in November with uh, with five singers coming from Opera Vivente in Baltimore to sing Marriage of Figaro. Uh, we'll do several excerpts of it, not not the whole opera, and we'll do I think what is to me Mozart's most operatic symphony, and one of my very favorites is Lind's Symphony Number no. 36. Um, it's filled with that same kind of vocalism, um, that same sense of narrative and rhetoric that that the opera is. And, you know, it's incredible to be able to bring five singers, um, especially these days with budgets where they are. We're able to do it because I'll be in production with them uh, in Baltimore, uh, just down the road. So we're already working up the piece together. And so it's a great way to be able to share that with New Jersey audiences. And when, when and where will that be? That will be at the Stockton and Cumberland Colleges in November. But in, in March, we, have, we bring Li Pui Ming to do her piano concerto that she wrote I commissioned again for her to do it in Baltimore, um, but we recorded it uh, with Bay Atlantic Symphony for Innova, uh, and it's uh, it's on iTunes and Amazon, and distributed by Noxos. Uh, and so she's going to actually perform it the first time since since the piece was recorded, and we'll do that piece with the Sibelius Second, and uh, again at Stockton and Cumberland Colleges. Well, I certainly observe that uh, your audiences uh, are enthusiastic and uh, engaged, and the houses are packed. So congratulations on that, and uh, best of luck with your upcoming season. And thank you for chatting here. Well, thank you so much, Eric. It's always a pleasure to see you and to visit with you, and great to be there online with you. Jed Galen leads the Bay Atlantic Symphony in a variety of great concerts this season throughout southern New Jersey. For more information, you can visit Bay Atlantic Symphony, all one word, bayatlanticsymphony.org. And for more information on the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. This is Eric Schultz for the Jersey Arts Podcast. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence in the arts since 1966.